What's up, everybody? It's Chad from Ask Chad Grassy Logic. I'm here again with another episode, but today I have a special guest, uh, one of my buddies I used to actually grow with last year. He's also a combat veteran, um, my buddy David Hill. Thanks for joining me, man. Hi, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, no problem. Hey, can you speak up just a little bit? It's a little loud in there. Yeah, man. Sorry yeah. about that. Yep. Yeah, no worries. No worries. I mean, you're in a you're in a big ass grow room, so I can't blame you. <laughs> Fans get yeah, loud. So, in here. Um, what's up? The fans get loud in here. Oh yeah, dude. Those rooms get real loud. I understand. Um, but yeah, David grows for PMC now down in Carlsbad. And um, I'll let him introduce himself and everything. So David, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, my name is uh, David Hill. Um, a lot of people know me, Miklo, Miklo Green Thumbs. Um, yeah, started working over here at uh, PMC Carlsbad. Um, been here for about six months now, seven, going on seven months. Um, just, you know, happy to be here, happy to be in the industry, you know, trying to make some, trying to make some noise. Um, you know, PMC is kind of just a, a, a company that's was founded by a, a brother and sister, you know, local, local family, well-respected family, you know, um, very known in the community and stuff. Um, just, you know, all, all around good people. I, I don't know if they want me to say their name, so, so I won't, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, man, I, you know, started out growing, been growing maybe for about eight years, started out growing about eight years ago. Um, you know, when I left the military, man, you know, you know how it is. You try to try to find a, a new lane, you know, a new lane to be in and stuff like that. So I went through, you know, going to the oil field, man, went through, you know, thought I had found a new career, you know, the stuff, reality check set in, oil went down and got laid off and stuff. So really struggled to, you know, kind of find a, that sense of purpose and stuff again. So made the move to Denver, man. I've been a longtime cannabis user. Um, was, was doing great things for my life since I separated from the military and stuff. So kind of wanted to, you know, go all in and stuff. So moved, made the move to Denver, dude. Shit, I didn't even have a job, man. Uh, went, ran through the GI Bill, ran through the GI Bill, went to culinary school just to get that money coming in, you know what I mean? Just to get that check, that BAH coming in every month just to have some to, you know, you know, get started with. But uh, eventually worked my way through the, to, into the industry, man. Uh, interviewed for, for a trim position. And uh, the lady that I was talking to, I guess, just got a good vibe, good energy. She, you know, they said they needed somebody very... Uh, structured and it sounded like uh, I'd be a better fit for the cultivation you know uh, team based off what we were talking about and stuff so that's where I got my real first you know commercial you know start in the in the cannabis industry at uh, Colorado you know uh, shout out uh, Shift Cannabis <laughs> Ridgeway Colorado but uh, met a lot of great people man learned the commercial game from a uh, uh, guy up there named Cade and, and uh, a female named Charlie so she, she's really the one that showed me the commercial way of doing things. And then a friend of mine, Corey uh, uh, Thompson, came in and took over the facility and showed, you know, showed me that really the how to become that top tier kind of cannabis producer, you know. So, uh, yeah, from there, man, just grinded it with a crew lead, went through the whole process of being, you know, being in the grove, do, doing all the dirty work and stuff and. Once it legalized in New Mexico, I grew up in El Paso and wanted to get close to home and had big, big dreams and stuff. So here we are now, man. This is this is where we're at. So you're kind of living the dreams, essentially. 
That's a lot dope. of sacrifices, I mean, but it was worth it, you know? Yeah, because you just took a, you just made a move, right? What's that? You just made it. You just moved, right? Yeah, I just moved out to Carlsbad, man, you know? Yeah. And and, I was running around, we were running around the Las Cruces area and Chaparral and stuff like that. And, you know, now, now that it became a, a full-time thing here and, and being the, being the grower here, you know, you got to be here every day. There's no days off. Plants don't, plants don't take a day off. No, not at all. Uh, yeah. You and I know that time. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, speaking of, you know, for people that are watching that don't know, uh, David and I did work together last year in a grow facility. Um, you know, we were there side by side. You know, I learned a lot from him. Um, he brought in, you know, an industry perspective that I didn't have. And it's great um, that I had that. And so I appreciate that, man. Appreciate and, you, um, you too, dude. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're you're a hell of a grower. I got to give you that. You know, I've tried some of his product that he's grown out there in Carlsbad. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate that. Love, always love, bro. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, love all around. You know, that's what this industry's about. You know? I didn't know shit about the outdoor game, bro. You schooled me on some outdoor shit, you know. So definitely appreciate that, bro. So yeah, man. Whole, you know, Mexico's a whole different game. It is. And, you know, we've talked about this several times for some reason, like outdoors, like held, you know, cream of the crop here for some reason. And um, the rest of the nation is really not. I mean, maybe in Oklahoma, um, yeah. but like not really in New Mexico, you know, like other places. So yeah. it's, it's interesting. It's different. Yeah. yeah so um, how big is the facility you like you uh, work at? Um, facility is uh, 8000 square feet. Um, we got a. Um, 10, 10 rooms, 11 rooms. Uh, one of them's a dedicated nursery, another one's a dedicated bedroom, and then nine flower rooms. Um, two, two dry rooms, two nice dry rooms, capable of fitting two rooms per dry room. So uh, usually we harvest every week and a half. Um, just steady rotation, man, clockwork, you know? Yeah, um, bring, keep it on that. Pretty, yeah, yeah, things are pretty good right now, man. Cycling new genetics in, you know, trying to bring stuff to New Mexico that a lot of the dispensaries we go to, a lot of the people have the same flower, and we're trying to find stuff and grow stuff that's not a lot of people don't have, you know. So, trying to bring some new stuff to the game out here. Oh yeah, definitely. I appreciate that because nothing's more irritating than go from spot to spot and <laughs> yeah. seeing the same damn thing. Yeah, same thing, man. <laughs> you know, especially with more of a mature market coming. You know. Yeah, for sure. Well, with speaking about the facility, um, could you give us a tour? Yeah, man, for sure. This is a. Uh, so right now I'm in the nursery, right? This is yeah. Where we do all the cloning and stuff. Uh, let me turn my camera around here. Yeah, for sure. Gorgeous facility, by the way. Appreciate that, man. And if you guys are wondering, yes, I got a preview before we were recording, so I've seen it before. But I wanted everybody else to see what a producing facility looks like, the one that's done really well. I mean, you see how clean it is. So this is a nursery. We got everything listed up there. What's coming along, you know? I like some the name. Stuff, some sea junkie stuff. Nice. You guys running any Shout out genetics? Uh, trying to run some Zia farming seed, man. Went up there and they showed some love. So I really want to pop in that Pineapple Express here pretty soon from them. Heck yeah, dude. Um, yeah, the I can hear you clear as day where you're at. Okay. So this is basically the the great hall right we have 10 10 rooms here mm -hmm. um i'll show you guys inside one of the rooms 
This is one of the rooms right here, 100 plants. Mm -hmm. uh, we just made the switch to these Coco Pro cubes, if you see them. Um, okay. This allows for a lot of a better gas exchange, um, uh, easier and better dry back and stuff. Not a lot of moisture retention and stuff, so it's real, real smooth. And um, you know, speaking of like dry back, you know, what do you mean when you say dry back for the people that don't know? Um, just the amount of, of moisture that we allow in the plants. Uh, you have to let it dry to a certain point to mm -hmm. so you don't develop fungus and stuff like that. Nice. So you're really digging into that crop steering. I love it. Yeah, just getting really dialed in, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that's the way the industry is really going i'll show you guys one more room over here yeah for sure this is one of the plants that you uh originally popped man so gotta show uh, you this one. Oh yeah gorgeous oh i was always wondering what she'd look like when she grew up <laughs> that, that dream queen right the old school green crack yep green crack cross humble genetics yeah humble genetics man Let's switch the camera back. Yeah, they look pretty, uh, pretty thick. She thin. Yeah, man. Things yeah, are. I appreciate you. You know, what's up? Trying to get things dialed in, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's the way to do it. There we go. Are we back in the nursery or in the? Yeah. Yeah, get set up here. There we go. There we go. Cool. cool. Yeah, and the, the closer you are, the better I can hear you. Um. That's great. I really appreciate you taking us around the facility, man. And for those of you, you know, that are watching that never seen a facility, they all kind of look different. You know, the one that David's in, you know, it's a really gorgeous facility, I got to say. Um, but it's one of the nicer ones that I've seen in the state. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen a few, but I haven't seen all. There's too damn many for me to go see all right now. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, what does PMC mean? I forgot to ask you that earlier. Uh, PMC just stands for uh, Process Management Controls, man. It was an old business license that they had, so it was just easier for them to make the transition, you know. Um, we have a we have a lot of standing names that go around uh, between between us here uh, on on the grow team and stuff. We talk that you know to me, I, I call it Premier uh, Marijuana of Carlsbad. Miss um, Kelly, one of the owners, she calls it a uh, pretty magical cannabis. So. <laughs> a lot of different names, a lot of stuff we play with, but yeah, basically it was just an old business license and easy for them to make the transition. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. That's, that's great to see. Um, yeah, and it's cool that they get a different name. I told people when they're getting in to stay away from like cannabis names because it yeah. makes it harder to operate. For sure, man. Banking and all that stuff just is a lot, a lot more difficult. And, you know, like as soon as someone hears cannabis, you know, all of a sudden your price goes up exponentially. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Without a doubt, man. So, you know, for those of you out there thinking about it, you know, for now until the federal laws change or even after, you should probably think about not using cannabis or anything we related in the name. Get clever, get, get creative, you know, like do something cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, as David said before, you know, he has some genetics that I had popped before. And now the honor to grow with him side by side. So it's really great to see, you know, these plants. They grew up, you know, they um, were in good hands, obviously. And uh, yeah, now they, they just a, look gorgeous. You did, a, you did a great job selecting genetics, man. You did a great job selecting those genetics and and popping them, man. It was it was it was nice to start off that way. You know what I mean? So Fino hunted them at that other facility and brought brought the best of the best up here, and that's what's still around, you know. And making the switch, a lot of that stuff's gonna stay around. Um, it's gonna get tissue cultured uh, this week, nice. so we're getting a lot of a lot of old stuff out and tissue cultured, and then a lot a lot of new stuff in, man. Got a lot of uh, 
good good stuff in the works. We got a male uh, that we have isolated in the facility um, fr- from Sea Junkie and Ice Cream Crate Cross Cushman's um, from yeah. him. So we're going to go ahead and start some breeding projects and hopefully bring some some strong genetic companies, uh, genetic lines to, to New Mexico. That's good to hear, dude, because, you know, like we said before, it's really irritating to see all these same cultivars everywhere you go. You know, yeah, like it's good to get some new stuff in. Um, do you guys have any storefronts? Uh, we don't have any actual storefronts, um, but we are in a lot of uh, dispensaries across the state. Um, a lot of the, the Dreams dispensaries, um, which are various locations around the state. Um, uh, in Albuquerque, we're at Nirvana, which is a, a bigger dispensary, a newer dispensary. Um, Chaparral, uh, we have a High Valley. They carry our product down there, a lot of our product down there. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's a lot, it, it's out there, man. You know, it's just certain certain amount of it gets gets to go out to certain places and first come first serve. You know, oh yeah. I try, to, I try to get it as local as we can, man. But you know, a lot a lot of people have uh you know those established relationships already, and we're new to the game, so you know we're trying to trying to catch up a little bit. Oh yeah, I gotcha. And if there's anything I do to help you, let me know because I want to get your guys' stuff here in Cruces. Yeah, man, I'm always a fan of uh, getting, you know, you, you can talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk. So uh, I like getting my samples into people's hands and try it, man. If it sucks, tell me it sucks, dude, you know. I, I, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not gonna be mad. I'm not going to think you're a hater because I just, you know, we, we here, we want to grow the best. Like, we want to jump in in all the competitions with the best. We're not, you know, we're not scared of those guys. We give them the respect where, where it's due, but, you know, it's it's – there's nothing wrong with a little friendly competition, you know? No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you have guys in the professional NBA that have played against each other for most of their career, and then now they're on the same team. Maybe I've lost David for a second. There we go. You're back. Yeah, you know, so there's nothing wrong with a little competition. Um, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, you are a competitor, but, you know, it, it makes the industry better. Yeah, you know, for sure, man. All it's all, always love, man. We're in the same, We're the same community, you know? So it's always love, dude. I never hate on nobody. You know, if it sucks, it sucks. If it's good, it's good. You know, it's just the yeah. truth, dude. It don't have to be. I'm not taking a jab at your family or nobody like that. You know, but you know, so, <laughs> some some of us take it personal. You know how it is. You know, it's like we put our blood and sweat into this, and and you know, it's grinding all the time to the point where sometimes your family knows that they got to come secondary to this. You know, this is a 24/7, 365 kind of gig. So. And for it to be good, you got to love it. You got to love to do this. Oh, yeah, dude, 100%. You know, it, it takes a lot of sacrifice, you know, being there yeah. twice a day every day, you know, three times a day every day. You're just driving by, getting groceries, stop by. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. that whole nine yards. Yeah, it's a lot of passion, you know, and then that's why yeah, those plants man. look so damn good. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, dude. Heck, yeah. Well, I can't wait to find you guys here in Las Cruces. You know, I appreciate you um, joining me on the podcast. Is there anything you want to say about um, um, PMC Carlsbad before we switch to the topic to Growing 101? Oh, man, just, you know, look for us in your local dispensaries. If they don't if they don't have it, you know, ask for PMC Produced Flour, and we'll try to make it happen. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, Yerbas Frescas coming up. Uh, first strain coming out is going to be the Orchata line by uh, WYE uh, Wet East. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so, you know, just keep a lookout for that stuff. I mean, speaking of, uh, what other cultivars are you guys really working on that are coming up? 
got a lot of different stuff, man. Uh, um, shout out Cool Beans. We got a lot of his stuff out of Colorado, Terry, Colorado. Uh, my boy J Mac. Um, that kept secrets, jealousy, crossed Oreos. Um, you know, Denver Nuggets just won the NBA Finals, so we're gonna drop the the Joker yes, and the Blue Arrow, both by by Cool Beans. Um, so we got a lot of good stuff, man. Uh, Spearmint style coming from us, uh, uh, Clearwater, Colorado as well. Um, a lot of good stuff, man. Sea Junkie stuff, like I said, uh, Mass Medical Strains. Got a lot of good stuff. White Cunts, you know, a lot of people are excited about that. Just the name alone. <laughs> So, yeah, man, a lot of good stuff coming, man. Nice. Well, I'm excited to see it, and I'm excited to see it enter the market. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, you know, seeing it grow is always amazing. So I appreciate you joining me. But we're not done talking about growing. We just actually got started talking about growing. Since I have sure. David here, I figured it'd be a great opportunity to talk about growing and actually growing 101. So today is actually a special episode because we're gonna be showing you how to grow. We're kind of talking about how to grow. Um, that's why the title of the episode is Easy Growing Kind of Guy, because just going to keep it easy, nothing too complex, just, you know, for the rookie coming in, someone really wanted to get started. Um, so, yeah, as you guys know, growing season, full swing, you know, um, you have about, what, less than a week, almost a week before the summer solstice hits, um, and then after that, outdoor plants really start to flower. Um, anyway, that's getting a little too deep. So if you're new to growing cannabis, this episode is actually for you. Um, it can be fun. It can be challenging. Um, but it can also be very rewarding in the end. Here in New Mexico, you're allowed to keep your whole harvest, which is really cool. So if you grow five pounds, you can keep five pounds. If you grow five pounds. <laughs> so, um, so David, what are some maybe tips that you can think of the top of your head, you know, for someone that's coming in, um, just starting to grow? I would say uh, less is more, man. A lot of the times we get caught up in all these extra additives and different things that you can do and all this stuff. But sometimes, you know, less is more, man. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of basic nutrients that the plant takes. And from there, you know, everything else is going to be a preference, a dialed in, certain certain other things. But I, I would say less is more is the, the biggest, you know, tip that I can give people. And, and just start with good water, man, good, clean water. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Nice. Zero, zero, water zero, zero EC water, you know what I mean? Clean. Mm. Yep. Yeah, because, you know, if you use that New Mexico or where I'm from, Alamogordo water that has a bunch of caliche, <laughs> yeah. you're going to run into a lot of yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're growing outdoors, it's not as bad. But if you're in indoors, you definitely want to use, you know, better water than you yeah. are like outside. Um, that's great. You know, I appreciate it. And one thing I really want to tell people is if you're just getting into this too, don't go and spend like $3,000 on a bunch of stuff, you know, build your way up to it. Maybe start an outdoor season. You know, um, a lot of dispensaries are selling clones now. You can pretty much find seeds everywhere in the state. Um, you know, uh, people who have clones themselves, you know, they can just gift you a plant or transfer you without consideration a plant. Um, and then you can do it that way. Um, th there's all kinds of ways you can go about getting plants. Um, I mean, David, uh, what are some routes that you would, you know, give someone to say, get a plant? Yeah, man, uh, seeds, a lot of seed banks, you know, um, pack banded seed bank is somebody I use a lot. Um, okay. that's, that's, you know, a good friend of mine too. Uh, gonna try to get you guys, a, uh, got a discount code for those guys. I'll have to get it to you guys and maybe you could share it, put it in the, in, in the link or whatever, in the, in the comments or something. But uh, yeah, man, Pack Bandit's a good, solid 
seed bank. You know, seeds can get shipped anywhere in the U.S., man. You don't have to be scared or anything about receiving seeds in the mail or anything like that. So um, that and, and clones, man, a lot of, like you said, a lot of dispensaries do sell clones out there. So, you know, uh, that's that's also a, a good way to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like you said, seed banks, you know, reputable ones, you know, they're really good to go to. Yep. Um, yeah, give me the description and everything with that and the links and I'll post it in mine and, you know, I'll get, I'll get everybody the discount code and hook them up this episode. Um, cool, so if you guys are new to the growing, you're in luck. You're getting hooked up today. Um, yep. So would you recommend indoor or outdoor for beginning? Because I kind of started with both. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm, I have a bias to, to growing indoor, you know. But uh, yeah. I don't I don't want to say outdoor is, is going to be easier either because that provides its own set of challenges and that's just its own its own beast in its own, you know. So um, for me, preferably, I, I, I do indoor because as long as you control the environment, everything else is, is in your hands, you know. So if if you're able to do that, uh, I think the indoor would be the, the, the best way to, to go as far as that. Something small, oh, yeah. like, you know, something small setup, and the only way to the only way to, to learn, man, is you got to do it. You know, mm-hmm. you you. Uh, I just read not too long ago somebody uh, quoted this. I can't remember who it was. I think it was a mass medical strains. Um, he said you can learn more in a year from growing than you could like you know reading books for ten years about growing. And yeah. That that's that's true. I'm learning that just now in breeding. I just started breeding. I don't have a lot of experience with it. And I'm learning that males can throw off pollen in beds. If it's a vigorous, strong male, he's, he's going to do whatever the hell he wants, you know? Yeah. So it, it, I, I would say you just got to do it, man. You got to mm. do it. Yeah, just dive in. You know, don't be yep. afraid to fail because every grower has yep. failed. <laughs> my, first, my first grow was terrible. And I went and I went, I went deep, deep water, you know, deep water coaster. And I wanted to go big and, and it was, it was awful, man. It was it didn't even make it all the way. That's how bad it was. Oh so, man! Yeah. So, all I can say, man, is you, you gotta you gotta try. It's the only way you can you're gonna find out and, and learn what works for you. Yeah, and and you know, speaking of that, you know, genetics play a huge role in that as well. You know, like sure. you gotta make sure that you have good genetics. If you're pulling those bags, you know, seeds out of the some stuff you got from a dispensary or from a friend sure. or something, uh, you're you're rolling the dice. <laughs> You know, you might, uh, hey, you might you might hit, but it's not your odds aren't the best. No, no, you could even yeah. get the jackpot, but you should yeah. go get a lottery ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you do, you know what I mean. Yeah. For so, sure. reputable genetics. You know, you really want to go with that. Um, if you're curious about breeding, I mean, that's a whole different story. An animal, you know, that's going to be something that takes years to kind of figure out. And even then, when you breed something, you're not done after the first time you cross it. You know, there's there's a lot more that goes in after that. It's it's yep. it's a whole new animal. I'm not a breeder myself. I just you I've been learning a little bit, those, and it's you still gotta pop all those seeds and select those phenos, and then yeah, it's its own it's its own it's it's a whole different game than just growing. You know. Oh Shout yeah. Shout out to all the breeders out there. And hey, bring, the breeders are the ones keeping there. us going. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah. Bringing Shout out to those guys. Good. You know, they're doing all the work. You know, and we go in and just swoop the seeds up. <laughs> Yeah, and keeping a lot of us fresh, you know, with fresh stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're, they're keeping New Mexico fresh, you know, with PMC bringing some stuff over here soon. Um, so I personally, um, with outdoor, I kind of feel like it would be easier for beginners. But like you said, 
it brings a whole new different you know issues you have the weather um and here in new mexico that can be really unpredictable just the other day people had hailstorms and um yeah i know i was victim sure. one year of that i lost like two-thirds of a plant and she was the like wind, too, man, the wind. yeah the huh? wind is crazy out here too yeah, yeah so i the wind, and then uh, depending where you are, where I'm from in Alamogordo, we have gypsum flying around everywhere. And yep. so, you know, you have to worry about that. And you got yep. plants fucking all over your plants. I mean, um, yep. bugs fucking all over your plants. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's not fun to deal with. And then you got people that might steal it, you know, or animals that want to eat it. And yep. so, you know, those are all the issues. Huh? Cross-pollination and all that stuff, man. If people are growing hemp and all that, man, it's over. Yeah, definitely. My dad had some issues with that last year. Someone in his neighborhood had a male. And he ended yeah. up with some seeds. He didn't have a, a, a fuck ton, but he had quite a bit. And yeah. um, I was like, you should probably put signs up in the neighborhood and tell people to get rid of the mills. <laughs> no, hemp you know? in, no hemp in this neighborhood. Yeah, it's like, hey, don't be growing no hemp. What the hell? <laughs> Breed inside, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so with talking about all that, let's talk about mediums. Because you said that you did deep water culture. For those who aren't you know, too keen on like the wordage and all that and the verbiage that we're talking about. What is deep water culture? That's a, basically your, your plants are just suspended in water and the water just, you know, circulating and aerated and stuff. But it's, it's, yeah, the water's got to stay dialed in as far as temp, nutrients, um, pH. And that's a constant. If you're not there all the time, it's gonna, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot challenging, you know, it's a lot, a lot more challenging. Um, yeah. I found, I've, I've Try living soil and just a lot of different variations on how to mix teas and all that stuff. And I really found cocoa to be, you know, my my sweet spot on, uh, you know, and it's just it's very forgiving in a in a commercial environment. If if something gets missed in a day or, or whatever, and and the plant takes takes a hit, takes some shock, it's easy to to really counteract that or or, or remedy it pretty fast, you know. Or if it has too much of something, it's it's quick, easy, quick and easy to flush and remedy that as well. Um, yeah. So I, I've just I've just found cocoa to be the easiest to work with and the most forgiving, um, as yeah. far as that as far as that goes. Oh yeah, definitely, and I agree. You know, I've I've really been yeah. fond of cocoa. You know, the past few years, um, I grew some autos in the little tent I'm sitting back. I'm getting my room back up, and uh, nice. I used cocoa with a little auto feeder, and you know, it was it was easy peasy. Yeah. You know. Yep. And um, people who are starting, maybe look at something like that. They have little home, little auto feeder things where you set it up on an app and it's, you know, go and forget. Because I know people can get lazy and not want to water every day or they forget, you know, and even myself. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can get sensors and everything for your tent that you can control everything on your phone, man. If you really want to get technical with it and growing, it'll be real easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those AC yeah. infinity sensors, something else, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. But like, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, yeah, yeah. I have one of those two at the house, <laughs> <laughs> the little metal plate in the side and everything. Yeah. That thing is suave. But yeah. like, like we we're saying, there's, you know, a plethora of, you know, different mediums you can choose from. Cocoa being one of the more popular um, in the commercial side or even at home grow. You know, I use it at the house. Yeah. Um, you have rock wool, which is just rock that's heated up and spun almost like cotton candy. 
um, which is terrible for the environment, but you know, it retains water really well, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, a lot of commercial growers use that as well. Um, of course, then you have soil, just regular old soil, you know, you have the box farm, you know, um, you got the other millions of different, you know, companies out there that there are now for, you know, soils. Then you have, you know, the teas that people like to use, which is pretty much just microbial food. And, um, you know, it's just beneficial for the roots and everything in the environment down there. And you're pretty much just trying to create a whole around ecosystem when you're going with soil. And uh, for some people, they like that. You know, for me, I'm just, I'm like David, I'm simple. You know, give me some cocoa, give me some newts and uh, let's go. So if that's the route you want to go, do it, you know, do your research. You know, um, be careful about YouTube because there's some people out there that will tell you some stuff that's uh, even I found a little weird. Um, so yeah, check your sources. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of real uh, weird, like, bro science going around out there. Oh, dude, a lot. Like this uh, one kid tried to say that if you grow weed next to a, like a pecan tree, it'll taste um, nutty. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, get some extra shade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. That's about that it. Might not grow as, as good. Right, exactly. You know, it's going to be a little stunted, but uh, all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, there's stuff like that out there. So just make sure that, you know, you're looking at reputable sources, you know, and if something works for you, just go with it. You know, if, if living soil is your thing, organics is your thing, and it works, go with it, you know, but don't be afraid to experiment too and go, go outside yeah. your comfort zone. You know, like, like David said, he's, he's done living soil before, you know, how long did you try that for? Not, not long, man. And I, and I got good soil too, you know, shout out to the guys that build the soil. They have real good stuff, dude. But I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't do all that stuff and have all those living organisms in my soil and all that stuff still. Like I, I didn't have the time for that and I didn't want to bring that into my house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to be real clean and stuff. I tried rock wool. And I just had a lot of a lot of issues with that stuff of in, inconsistency as far as like the dryback stuff that we were talking about earlier. It's just mm-hmm. and with the cocoa, I just found it to be it, it kind of the middle ground of living soil and, and your rock wool. You know, it's going to give you that yeah. still a little cleaner than living soil, and it's still going to give you the same you know effect as far as you know moisture retention and all that stuff that that your rock wool is giving you. Yeah. Definitely, hundred percent. And then I found with like rock wool, um, you run into like algae problems a lot. You know, yep. you know the, the green algae stuff and all that, and it's just not fun. And you know, for some people it works. You know, for some people it doesn't. You know, yeah. it just it is what it is. And you know, it's it is terrible for the environment. There is a way to recycle it, but how many facilities actually do that? You know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> or recycle in general. Um, and we were talking about crop steering and dry backing. We're not going to get into that this episode. Um, that'll be another episode. We'll go deeper into, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's just a little more complex. And for someone so new, we're not going to, you know, confuse you with this whole regenerative and regenerative processes and stuff like that and, uh, dry backing, et cetera, et cetera, you know, PCs. Um, but yeah, for beginners, you know, just kind of start with something, you know, beginner friendly, you know, um, something that you feel comfortable with. If you want to dive into hydroponics, do it, you know, but be ready. It's a challenge. (laughs) And it can get nice. Cocoa and a nice, 
you know, three-part nutrient line and stuff to start with, man, until mm-hmm. you get to, to learn how to measure nutrients and measure all that stuff and and how the plants, you know, how to read the plant and all that stuff. Like, you, you can't go wrong, you know, and, and never be scared to say that you don't know and ask somebody else that does, you know. I still, I still don't know that much about growing outdoor, you know, and I, I'll never feel like I'm wrong or anything for, for asking somebody because I don't know and shit. I never have too much pride because at the end of the day, I just want to grow, want to grow some fire, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, yeah. You know what? Every grower is different. If you ask 10 growers the same question, you're pretty much going to get 10 different answers. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, depending on that, the question, it's like, hey, my plant's been in the closet with no light. What do you think's wrong with it? Then you'll get the yeah. same answer. It needs light. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> um, for the most part, you can learn something from everybody, you know. Could it be something good? Could it be something bad? It's it's up to you. You know, take what you want. Um, you know, I'm not here to bash anybody's process or whatever. You know, Never. you grow how you grow. And um, if it's for you, it's for you. If it's not, it's not. And it's the same for me, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. And nothing against outdoor or anything. It's just, you know, I grow it just to have fun and experiment outside, you know? Because we have so much sun here in New Mexico. Why not, you know? Yeah, for sure, um, man. See what this, this is why it would make sense, right? If you if you can get the quality of outdoor like to be to to be what uh, good and all that stuff, like business wise, it would it would make sense to do that. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it would. Yeah. It's just it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> that is sure, hard, man. hard, hard. Sure. So, um, we talked about teas and the soil and everything, and you know all that. We're not going to go super deep into it because it's just simple stuff. Um, most of this stuff can be found online or YouTube. Um, there's a bunch of different like, uh, companies who have free information for you out there too, that like grow charts, grow charts are really good to have and to, um, look at. So if you have a certain line of nutrients, they usually give you a grow chart and that helps, um, kind of gives you an idea of where you want to be. And then, um, with that being said, when you are working with like indoor stuff, you're going to be, regardless of being new or not. You're going to have to work with what's called pH, and that's just like any other pH that we're talking about, you know, acidic and base. And um, cannabis, you don't want it to be too high. Of course, you don't want it to be too low. Um, some people want it in between a 5.5 to like a 6.0 range. What do you run, Dave? Um, both of the nutrient lines that we run right now are trying right now. Um, front row is, is somebody who we run on a, on a regular basis every day. They've been very good to us. Um, they recommend 5.8 to 6.2. Um, I stay at a 6.0. I've always found that's my sweet spot, no matter what nutrient line I'm running. 6.0 mm-hmm. at whatever phase of the, 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 the plant is, um, is a good pH to, to run. And uh, it just, uh, it'll vary from nutrient line. Uh, most of the time, they'll have a recommended pH based off uh, their nutrients and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you know, going off the recommendations always does help, but if something, yeah. if you're doing something different and it works, just keep doing it, you know, yeah, and sure. you know, if, if that's the case, uh, yeah. Cause w- when you run into different nutrients, sometimes the, they'll change your pH. So don't think yeah. that you balanced your pH before you added your nutrients, that it's going to be balanced afterwards. More than likely it's not. So you're yeah. always checking your pH and everything, get a little cheap little meter from Amazon, like. 12 bucks um and it's good to do it outdoors outdoors they do say you can go a little higher in the ph um 
but indoors you really want to be kind of spot on like david yeah. said you know like his sweet spot at 6.0 mine's 5.8 to 6.0 you know it's around the same area so that's what i found too is the little sweet yeah. spot is you know within that area um and then you know you'll start getting into parts per million or ec um which is more ec is more what you use when dry backing but i found it a little to be a little bit more accurate when i'm adding nutrients what about you yeah, I like I, I, we measure everything in uh, EC, just conductivity, you know, and yeah. uh, every nutrient line is different again with that. Um, I like a, a 2.0 EC, but there's people like Athena where your EC goes up to like three five, you know, so it just it just depends, you know, on, on that's like twenty one hundred, I think, parts per million. Yeah. And that, uh, I mean, that's just it just depends on the nutrient line, you know, and you got to read your cultivar and be able to tell if it if it can absorb that, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I like 6020 is what I like to run, but that's not like it's not fixed. You know, we have a yeah. Mandarin cookies that we're running that loves a high EC. She's on like a 270 EC is the max she can take. And yeah. she's, she's loving it. She's gobbling it all up and just, you know, responding very well to it. And then there's somewhere like the blueberry muffin. You can't go over. You, you can't even go over 2.0 on that. It's got to be like 1817 on that one. So. It just you got to be able to read your cultivar and, and and be able to tell you know what it, what it's telling you, um, burnt tips and stuff like that. Certain signs, um, a lot of the lower leaves will show you, uh, you know what's going on with them first before uh, yeah. any of the other upper new growth stuff. But yeah, for the most part, man, just read your plan and push it, man. You you know if if you're not pushing your plan, you don't know how good it can it can do. So I'd always say just just keep pushing it. Yeah. You know, you never know. Like I, I was dealing with autos and I probably should have been feeding them at like a 1.5. I had them at maybe like yeah. a 1.8 and they just did not like it. And, you know, even growing autoflowers from photos, if you guys don't know, autoflowers, they don't have like a, a photo period. So you don't have to go from 18 hours of daylight to six hours of night and then 12 yeah. and 12. You can just kind of keep it whatever. Um, a lot of people like to keep it on the 18 and six. But they're so finicky and they're so uh, unstable these days that it's still kind of yeah. just a little fun thing to do, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't rely on it. Um, yeah, autos are pretty new, so they're still a lot of people still kind of stabilizing those, you know. So yeah. One day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day we'll have some stable yeah. autos. <laughs> but for now, you know, they're kind of niche thing. You know, some people in the industry use them. Um, I don't know very many who do. I can't even think of any off the top of my head. Um, I just know there are, there's a few out there who do. Um, but when we're talking about EC and parts per million, it's really just what's in your water. You know, like the electroconductive conductivity is pretty much the salts that you put in and they, uh, they um, create like a electrical uh, conductivity. Um, but the parts per million is pretty much just what's in it and it's measuring that and you can convert the two to each other essentially. Um, it's just a way to measure, you know, so that way you're not feeding too much or too little you know where you're going to be and yep. that's really what those are so you can look more into it online this is just kind of a simple explanation i mean unless david do you, you have a pretty simple explanation for that no that's pretty good um usually what i like to do is uh, uh every every time i'm bringing in a new cultivar i like to use the recommended uh by the nutrient company by the nutrient line and then on my next one, if I don't have any any reaction or adverse reaction or anything like that, like burnt tips or anything like that, I'll keep pushing it until I see a little bit of burnt tips and I know that 
right before that is where I need to be for that cultivar. That's where it's maxes at. That's where it can take, you know? So okay. in, in my veg phase is where I try to play with the feeding and stuff like that. And then as it goes through flower, you're adding bloom and all that stuff. So that's going to change. And that's a whole nother like search game that you have to play with that as well. You know, you start all over when you go into flower on trying to find how much it can take. So, um, but that, that's just the, the best way I can, I can describe that is just keep pushing it until you start seeing those tips on those fan leaves start to react and cut it back just a bit from there. And then that's how you find a little sweet spot. Yeah, that's yep. a really break it down Barney style way to put it. And I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, so, so, sometimes you just got to sacrifice a, a plant or two sometimes do, you know, or, or, or not necessarily a whole crop, but just that your crop, this, this first go is not going to be as good as it can be because you're dialing it in. Yeah. And like us, we have strain specific rooms. So our feed charts are dialed into strain specific. So yeah, I need to do that so I can be able to know what to give my plant the next time I run that same cultivar. Yeah. You have the recipe. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. And that's, yeah, not, that's whole... not a very common thing in the industry either. There's a lot of strain specific rooms. Yeah, you're right. You know, you see a lot of mixed rooms and everything, you know, like, yeah. oh, this is this and this and this plus this. Or, you yeah. know, just a huge flower room for no reason. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk plants, about, you know? yeah. what's up? I said sometimes like two, 300 plants in a room, thousands of plants in a room. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it's just ridiculous and they have everything in there. Five, like, Why do we have so many things. issues? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about veg and flower or the difference between. So here in New Mexico, they do have a veg and flower plant count. So you're allowed six veg, six flower, um, no more than 12 flower per household. And it's per adult. Um, however, in the law that I've read, it didn't say anything about veg plants per household. So, you know, there's a little argument that if you had three adults, all of them could get six immature each, but you still are capped at that 12 mature. So no one's really challenged that yet. But I mean, I don't see it really being a big deal. You know, um, I don't see everybody growing when some people figure out it's hard, they quit. Um, or some people just realize it's a lot of work. Um, but the difference yeah. between veg and flower is during the veg phase, it's really just growing, trying to get its plant, I mean, its branches really big and you know, trying to get more nodes. Um, it's just trying to get big. And then the flower stage is starting to swell up. And that's when you are getting the flowers, essentially. And that's when it's reaching... It towards the end of its life it's like oh in its mind winter's coming i need to reproduce and you're not introducing a male so it's sexually deprived and pretty much what you're smoking is a sexually deprived plant um <laughs> is a section is essentially what it is i mean uh what's your take on that david no i mean you're i mean it's you're right dude this is really 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 the bottom line on that yeah you know, it's a, it's a sexually deprived plant. That's why they get so sticky. They're trying to grab as much pollen as possible before winter comes yep. so they can reproduce, you know, get the genetics out there. Um, yep. But if you deprive them of the male, you know, they get really sticky. They don't have no seeds. And that's what sensimia yep. is and actually what it means. Um, so you're going to tell when your plant is going to start flowering. Um, it's going to put out more of those little hairs. It's going to look like it's kind of just clustering together. And you're just going to kind of notice it's growing differently. And more than likely, it's in um, flower at that point. And if you're indoors, the way that you do that is you switch it from an 18 and six um, light schedule to a 12 and 12. So 12 light, 12 night. Um, what, a, what, you got anything, David, on that one? 
Anything? Uh, no, man, it's pretty, pretty, pretty standard, man. There's a lot of people playing with different light times and stuff right now, but mm -hmm. I feel like that's that's pretty that that's been pretty researched, you know, to to play around with it a lot and stuff like that. I mean, if you, if you have the time and the facility to do it, I mean, go ahead. But yeah, I think as far as the you know light cycles and stuff, that's pretty pretty locked in. Yeah, and. Just for a general sense for a beginner, yeah. Start 18 and 6. Don't try to yeah. go a little lower and mess something up and get confused. Because, yeah, there is some research that, you know, they don't need the 18. Because essentially outdoors, you never get 18 hours. You know, like yeah, it never sure. goes past, I think, 14. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's the disparity there that I always thought about. I was like, well, you never get 18 hours outdoors, you know, like yep. unless you're in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. You know, and even then, your growth season is very short. Um, yeah. So in indoors, you have full control. You know, you can control when it flowers, when it veges. You can even re-veg it if you want, which is a pain in the ass, and I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Um, but outdoors is a total different ballgame. Here in New Mexico, you can actually probably get two harvests if it's a good year. Um, you can put it out in February as long as you don't have another freeze or a crazy freeze, and you can probably harvest around May, June. Um, I've done it before here, and then you plant again in June, and you get another harvest in Croptober which is uh, around October time, November time, which is around where, you know, all of the outdoor har harvests really happen in uh, yeah. Northern Hemisphere. What's up? No, that's okay. I was just agreeing with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so right now, we're actually headed toward, at the time of recording, um, June 21st is hitting, and that's going to be the summer solstice. So every day, the days are going to get shorter by one minute. And the plant's going to start sensing that and say, winter's coming, it's time to flower. So when your plant goes into flower, it's actually going to grow even more, about another 30% or more. Uh, how much have you been seeing them grow, actually, uh, once they hit flower? How much more do you see your plants grow when they hit flower? Man, it just depends on the strain, honestly, on the yeah. cultivar, really. Um, sometimes they they won't stop. I have, uh, like, what is it, mandarin cookies again, right? That one won't stop yeah. stretching and feel like maybe like F6. And, it, and, then it, and then it starts, you know, widening up and bulking up, but... And that thing stretches out and it gets top, you know, twice it gets a soft top uh, before it gets transplanted into um, it's bigger from from clone phase. Yeah. And then uh, it, it gets it gets uh, cloned again once it's in a week three of edge to give it that extra week to recover, you know, two weeks to recover it before it goes into flower. Um, yeah. But man, it just it really just depends, man. Mm -hmm. um, but for, for the most part, I would say maybe like like around f3 is when you'll start seeing the pattern of, of veg from veg mm -hmm. growth to, to flower growth where it stops to stretch and do its flower thing and it starts you know using that energy to produce fruit um mm -hmm. you'll you'll start to see that usually with most cultivars around f3 but uh man it just really depends i've seen i've seen crazy things and then you have the the 45 day strains that you know uh oh uh oh yeah those, we lost you you have those 45 day strains that are just going to, you know, blow up and stuff. So it, it just really just depends, man. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, just be ready for at least 30% is what I was getting at too. And that's why I wanted to ask you, since you yeah. guys already run so many different cultivars, what have you yeah. seen in the disparities? Cause even the autoflower ran the rest were, you know, all of them were pretty level except one. She decided yeah. just to stretch like a motherfucker. So you know, it's it's just really dependent on the on the genetics. Um, yeah, man, for sure. So, 
So once it hits that flower stage, you start stretching, start swelling up. It's using all of its nutrients and everything it's got and the, the soil or around it, whatever you're using, um, to grow its buds to the end of its life. And really what you're looking for is the plant kind of towards the end of its life kind of starts to look like shit. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know about you, David, when you yeah. notice, you know, towards the end of its life, they yeah, kind of the just start to... Yeah, the leaves start to change color. They start to die off and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, it'll start getting, getting. You'll start, you'll notice it different. It'll start telling you when it's ready. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, you have more of that stronger smell. You know, and sure. you, know, you can get the, the little glass, the little glass, and look at the trichomes. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, jeweler's yeah. loop, and you know, look at the trichomes and all that. Yeah. Um, you can do all that stuff, but you know, it essentially does tell you. Uh, some people like to go off the hairs, some like to go off the trichomes, some like to go off the weeks. Um, yeah. Back in the day, eight weeks used to be um, the standard. That is no longer the case because we know that every cultivar is a little different. Um, what is your average, I guess, flower time over there? In, well, we, have uh, a lot, we, have a, we have quite a few of those 45 dayers. Um, those are ridiculous. We have, we have maybe like five or six of those cultivars in rotation. And then we have, um, I mean, anything ranging from eight, nine, and and ten weeks. You know, it just depends yeah. on on the strain too. But uh, those forty-five days in a commercial environment are great because they allow for extra harvest every year. You know, yeah. that's your difference between being a million-dollar company and not. Yeah, I mean that yeah. one week can make a difference. You know, yeah, man. you know that that extra harvest once a once a week a year. Yeah, or you yeah. know once a week a month. Um, yeah. Totally. You know, those 45 day things, they're, they're kind of new, but I was kind of wondering how they would do, you know, like the high ethylene plants and all that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's cool to, to hear that, you know, we're getting more of those. But just keep in mind, not every plant's going to finish at the same time. So you might yeah, have sure. one that needs to be in there a little bit longer. Well, one taken down. Don't worry about it. That's just the way plants are. You know, they're not all going to be yeah. exactly at the same time. It's nature. Um do you have anything on veg flower that maybe, you know, some noobs would need to know? Veg, man, I would just like to um, maybe uh, just do a nice cleanup of your plant in, in week three of veg, you know, get it ready to mm -hmm. go into flower, take any of those lowers off that are going to be wasted energy that's not going to produce anything, clean it up real good, get some good light penetration and air circulation, man, and, and let it rock and roll, give her a week to recover and, and flip her into flower, and then uh, we do the same thing in a f3 give her another touch up and wherever because it starts to produce those bud sites and you can start to tell whether what's going to produce or not and we come in there and clean her up again and after that she she gets trellised up and ready to go nice and yep. when david said cleans clean her up he means removing some of the leaves of the plant and um what that does is those leaves are going to die anyway once they get to a certain size they yep. serve their purpose and they're just going to die so that way something else replaces it so you're going to be doing that anyway, and it's easier to do it now than later. And you also, you want to mitigate any issues as much as possible. So if a leaf falls and it starts to rot, you can run into mold. You can run into all kinds of other stuff. It starts to decompose, you know, and then you attract bugs. So yeah, man. it's just thinking, getting ahead of the curve. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just staying on top of that stuff, get your defoliation done and all those lowers trimmed up, and you'd be successful, man. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, hopefully all of you are already trying to grow. 
um, or yeah. the people that are curious. Um, but if not, get up and do it. You still got a little bit of time. There's some clones you can go get and you can find a pot outside and, you know, get at it. Or if you, yeah, or if you have the means, go on Amazon, three, 400 bucks, and you got a little grow tent kit that comes with everything you need. And, you know, go get some clones at the dispensary or something, or yep. maybe one of your friends has some good genetics, you know? Um, but let's talk about real quick males and hermaphrodite plants. Um, yep. How... How often do you think someone new to this is going to run into a male? And what's the easiest way you can tell them to look for a male? So as far as running into a male, man, the only way you're going to do that is if you pop some seeds that are regular seeds, right? Because they yeah. have seeds that are regular and then they have feminized seeds. Mm -hmm. The difference between those is that, you know, you're going to, in regular seeds, you'll get males and females. And in, in, Feminized seeds are all females, and they just do that by putting female pollen on another female. They hermaphrodite a plant, get that female pollen, and put it on another female, and that's how you get feminized seeds. Of course, it's got to be within the same genetic line and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, as far as far as getting just straight males, the only way you're gonna do that is if you pop some regular seeds. Um, a hermaphrodite, I would say, would be a a, a more common issue than just getting a, a male because the the male just kind of come from straight popping regular seeds. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you can, you know, people can lie to you and tell you you got feminized seeds, and if you got a male, they're probably they're not feminized, you know. Yeah. But uh, her, her hermaphrodites are a lot more more common just because those come along from they can come from stress, you know, cross pollination. Somebody, you know, bringing something in from outside on their clothes, like it's just, mm -hmm. a lot a lot of different reasons a plant can hermaphrodite. Yeah, and. Um... One thing you want to look for, you know, for male or hermaphrodite plants is you want to look for little balls. And when they open, they kind of look like bananas. And they kind of look like bananas when they're grouped together, like little football bananas. Yep. And uh, they'll start to bust open and just pollen will go everywhere. That's not trichomes. You don't want to smoke that. That's not key. Uh, yeah. That's pollen. <laughs> like pollen. Yeah, yeah. Stay away. Don't, don't consume that. That's um, young guy. <laughs> <laughs> That is plant jizz. Yeah, put it yeah. plain and simple. <laughs> so that's what you want to look for. Um, sometimes the males will show before they go into flower. Like, you know, like David said, some, if it's a good yeah. male, it's going to show when it wants to show. It's a shower. Um, yeah. And some won't show until flower. Typical guy, later. huh? Huh? Typical guy just wants to show his nuts. <laughs> exactly. Just wants to show off all early. Spread his seed everywhere. Show off. <laughs> Thinks, thinks he's a man before he really is. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm 12 years old. I'm a man, Dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, so you'll the males sometimes will, sometimes won't show themselves before flower. Um, that's why people like relying on clones because you know what you're getting. Um, but hermaphrodite plants are kind of a pain in the ass because sometimes you have no clue until you harvest them that they were even hermaphrodite in the first place. Um, cause sometimes oh, the only hermaphrodite true. on the very bottom where you're not able to see things. So when you harvest it, well, you don't see that or, it hermaphrodite. You know, you know, or on the inside or anywhere just where you can't really see. And it's, that's usually where a plant's going to herm, you know, is where it's darker area and stuff like that, where it's, you know, a lot of that stress is being caused. So yeah, yeah man, definitely. That's a pain and, in the ass. Um, yeah. So, so keep an eye out on that. You know, some people blame um, light leaks and tents, um, street lights, 
porch lights, yep. um, things like that can really throw things off. I mean, during the summer when I'm you're in veg, if you have a porch light on, no big deal. Yeah. You know, um, if it's on a timer, um, maybe think about going to a different spectrum of light. If it's an LED one that yeah. you can, I don't know if that's really going to help much other than just turning it off. So that way you don't really have the issue altogether. Um, I mean, what, what is your advice on something like that? Man, I'm I'm paranoid when it comes to all that stuff. Like in my in my tent, I I I put a black plastic over my uh, humidifier screen because it's digital and it's got little LED lights on it. So I don't want to take any real. And I know it's probably not gonna do anything, but I just yeah. Me, I just can't. My mind won't rest because of that, you know. So I just have to yeah. do it to give me a little peace of mind. But I mean, you never know. The cultivar, if it's really sensitive, man, it could. Yeah. could really do that if it's not stable and stuff like that it can it, it, you know there's no telling so i'd rather just mitigate any risk and and do as much uh, uh, as i can to, to kind of just cover my tracks yeah and, and one thing i didn't even have on my script is uh ipm you know uh, your yeah, pest IPM. management yeah, yeah, yeah that's like one of the most important things in a grow and um yeah if you're outdoor or indoor you're going to be dealing with pests it doesn't even matter i mean sure. even a house fly sure. You know, uh, that's a pest. So if you're indoor, um, invest in some sticky traps. You know, they have like nice big ones now. You can just hang up somewhere, let it catch anything else. Be careful about getting clones from other people. You may want to quarantine them somewhere um, to look for out for sure. any issues. What's up? Facts, for sure. For sure. Quarantine your clones. If you get them from somebody else, don't introduce them into your your controlled environment right away you know make sure that there's nothing on them and give them a nice little grace period to before you introduce them yeah i mean because you could introduce something very gnarly to your grow and it's going to take you yeah, a long sure. time to get rid of it or you have to strip the whole thing down and you know it's it's a pain in the ass you know it, it's better yeah, to be man. on it to take all these precautions um instead of trying to fix it when it comes along um some people like to use sprays some people like to use neem oil whatever your option is that's your choice um there's just there's a lot of options out there um diametaceous yeah, earth is another organic way to go if you want to go that route um what do you guys use in your facility man honestly i'm not a i'm not a big fan of, spray, of foliar sprays like just in general um, i know either. that they're necessary they're necessary at times and i understand all that you know but i'm just 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 not a fan of them you know um yeah. even less in flower but um yeah. if, if you ever do have to spray i like uh, we use a thing called lost coast plant therapy um right. it's very very natural mostly peppermint oil and stuff um it's a plant wash the plants love it man they always respond really good so we just That's do cool. it now as a preventative because mm -hmm. the, the the plants respond so good to it that you know and and you know it's it works for everything man uh, any kind of pest and fungus um, and I have a lot of experience with it and a lot of different, you know, actual pesticides in Colorado. I had that you had to be a certified pesticide applicator, which, mm -hmm. which you know, I, I was up there and all that stuff and spraying sulfur and all that stuff. And I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of none of that stuff and got introduced to Lost Coast Plant Therapy and been using it ever since. Man, I love it. I, uh, you know, I any any guy that asked me for advice on IPM and stuff, I always just guide them towards that because. If they state in their instructions that you can spray it up to the day of harvest, it's got to be safe enough to use in bed, you know. And that's really the only time I do any kind of spraying or folio mm -hmm. spray is in bed. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So for the most part, man, I, I would recommend that. 
Um, I know I've used Mammoth Panic Control. That works pretty damn good. Um, Athena's IPM, um, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about. Um, I don't have any experience using it yet, but it is a, a pesticide. And in New Mexico, you have to claim and register that you use pesticides if you do. And sometimes that's a deterrent from people buying your flower, you know. So uh, we try to we try to steer clear and, and stay as clean as possible, man. Um, yeah. Even the Lost Coast, man. They, if you smell the Lost Coast, you'd be like, man, it's please please spray that on my plant, man. It smells so like refreshing. Like, yeah. and the plants, you can tell the next day when you come in in the morning, the plants just feel, they feel, they look good. You know, they just real, really healthy, you know, praying yeah. up to the lights and stuff. So yeah, man, lost coast plant therapy would be a, a good way for, for somebody to go if they don't have a lot of experience. Nice. Um, well, uh, give me that link experience. and I'll put that in the description too. For sure, man. We'll do. Heck yeah. Um, uh, any other tips for IPM? Um, just, you know, watch, watch your moisture levels, man. And watch your moisture levels, watch your airflow. You have always some good, uh, air circulation, no stale air. And that's about it, man. You know, just keep your plants clean and, and your, your plants area clean and you shouldn't have any issues. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you have a bunch of dirt on the ground, a bunch of leaves, you know, we want to try to clean some of that up, you know, yeah. a little bit here and there it happens, but you know, if you have like a mess, you're probably going to run into issues um you know and all that stuff sitting water you know that can cause you some issues um you know little stuff like that you know just common sense you know common sense usually um prevails in most cases <laughs> when it comes yeah. to growing too and if, um, and if you do have any issues man just don't be don't be scared you know don't panic just react and, and remedy the situation um yeah. your crop's not lost you know it's if it happens sometimes it happens um, but that's why we, we test at the end and all that stuff to make sure that all that stuff isn't in, in, in the stuff that we're putting out, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if you go to someone else's grow or outdoor grow, don't go inside of your grow right afterwards. You know, yeah. um, take the clothes sure. off, put them in a washer. You don't want to go in there till you shower. You know, there could be whatever on you, you know, from there. You know, if you went to an outdoor grow, more chances you're going to have a bug on you. You're going to have some kind of um spore on you of some sort and you really don't want that getting to your growth so just be cautious and have common sense um so i threw an ipm in there because like i totally forgot about it but i'm glad we talked about it so now we're towards the end of it let's talk about drying and, and like harvesting drying and curing let's talk about that we'll do it all in one so what is your go-to way to harvest? You know, some people like having it all on the root. Some people just cut. Some people cut per, you know, branch. And I understand um, when you're producing so many, you guys usually cut by branch, right? We cut the whole plant and hang the whole plant, man. Nice. And uh, that's just, I found the best way to get, you know, consistency, nice. To me, it's like when you're smoking meat, you know what I mean? It's got to be yeah. low and slow. You got to have that good air circulation for your fire to stay lit, but not too much for that fire to be, you know, kicking and stuff. But it, it's got to be low and slow, man. 60, 60, I like a lot. If you can get in the in the 58 range on temperature, that that's great, too. You know, um, I, li I like being in a nice, you know, nice, cool environment with with enough airflow, but very limited, you know, not 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 yeah. too much to where my stuff is drying out too fast. That's where you get that that hay smell and, and taste and you lose a lot of your terpenes. Yeah, because, um, you know, ter ter terpenes evaporate in, in the heat at a certain temperature, you know, they're going to evaporate. So um, you want to make sure you keep your place cool and, and nice and humid to 
to keep your 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 plants and your terpenes there, you know, present. Yeah, definitely. And I, I found the same thing, you know, with drying the whole plant. It just seems to dry better, taste better. Um, my other thing too is um, trimming. Don't wet trim. You'll regret it. Yeah. <laughs> like I try to tell people all the time, yeah. please don't wet trim. Uh, that's one thing that I, I will For say real. and stand behind is, is dry trimming. Uh, what about you? Yeah, wet, wet trimming hurts me, man. You get chlorophyll <laughs> all over your plant, man. It's just, yeah, man, don't stay away from wet trimming. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why we say that is, and David already mentioned it, is when you trim the plant when it's still wet and not dry, there's a lot of chlorophyll inside of it. And what chlorophyll does is it's a liquid, so it's going to run all over the plant, all over your beautiful flowers. It's going to get into it, and it's going to just ruin the taste. Um, so wait until it dries out. Leave the leaves on there. Yeah, it's a little bit more work, but the product you're going to have in the end is going to be significantly better. And you can tell the difference. You know, I've done a side yeah, by side sure. before. You know, oh, like yeah. I've I've tried both. Uh, I say, oh yeah, we. You you have to. There's the only way to find out. You know, you hear all the, the stuff and people say it, but if you don't try, you really don't know. So, yeah, yeah. man, I've tried it too, and wet trimming was not for me. Mm -mm, me neither. And if you want a wet trim, by all means, you know, you can do what the hell yeah. you want. You, know, you can throw yeah. it in a wood chipper for all I care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if that's what you want to do, go ahead. But, no. you know, this is just a way to do it so you have a better product in the end and something you'll be yeah. happy with and proud of. Um, so when it comes to drying, normally I say 10 to 14 days is usually what it should take. If you take yeah. about a week, it was too fast. Um, yeah. 14 days is usually where you want to be. Cause, um, like David said, those, those terpenes just, you know, go right out of it. You know, they're, yeah. they're a lot of them are water soluble. So they evaporate really quickly and they're one of the first things to go. Um, so that's why they say, when you get new cannabis, don't store it somewhere hot, somewhere nice and dark and cool, because even the light can affect, you know, those things. So um, just like beer, you know, cannabis yeah. is related to the uh, hot plant. Yeah. But um, what about curing? What's some tips that you have on curing? Because I know a lot of people mess this up. The same thing, man. Uh, keep it nice um, between 55 to 60, you know. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of things out there like Boost and Bovita now that you can put into your containers while you're drying. Um, at, uh, of any size, um, we don't we don't really use anything until we're actually just uh, storing the bud. Uh, yeah. While we're curing, we just let them let let them cure in their own you know, in their own juices for lack of a better term. But you know they just they they sit in usually about ideally we like to do two weeks. But sometimes as soon as as soon as it's done drying, it's got to get trimmed up and and out the door. So. Um, but I usually like to do a two week, two week dry, like you said, 10 to 14 days and then a nice cure about another 10 to 14 days and, and then put it out the door after that. Yeah. And some people don't realize that when you cut a plant down, that's not it. There's a lot more work that goes into it afterwards. Yeah, you know, that was only half the battle. The you trimming know, like, is the, trimming is the worst. I hate trimming. It's called trim gel for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> but but it's, it's, you know, it's one of the, the biggest and, and most important parts of it, you know, curing and the post harvest is really one of the most important parts of, uh, of the whole growing process. You can grow the best weed, but if you don't dry it and cure it right, then it's going to be, it's going to be a, 
a waste. So uh, that drying and curing part is is a very, very important and crucial part of, of what we do. Oh, 100%. And I'm glad you guys take take it so serious because some places are yeah, like, man. get it dry in one day. Yeah, no, <laughs> man. You can't do that, man. Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, that's all the tips I have for growing. Uh, is there anything that you want to add in? I mean, I'm sure we missed a bunch of things. It's just general to get people started and just some information. Yeah, man. Um, just pretty much it. You know, just less is more and, and try to keep it as simple as possible, man. Um, nice. I'm very accessible, especially on social media, on Instagram. If anybody has any questions, man, you guys can find me on Miklo Green Thumbs 2.0. Um, that, that's my IG handle and I'm always willing to help anybody, man, that just has any questions. And if you got any tips for me, man, I'm always open ears too, man. Uh, just hit me up. Nice. Yeah. And no, I'm the same way. I love learning new things. Yep. Um, yep. I try to as much as possible, especially with st- or crop steering, you know, it's so, so new to yeah. me still, you know, and it's something yeah, that's man. so new to the industry, um, that it's just so interesting. But anyway, um, like you said, hit them up. If you have any questions, you can always hit me up too. You know, I'm, not like the best grower ever. I'm not a master grower. I hope no one's a master grower, really. Um, uh, I've just been growing for 10 years, um, and I really like growing. So if you have any questions, you know, let me know. Um, so I'm on the same boat with that. But, yeah, enjoy your grows. Enjoy the harvest. We're going to talk about the bubble real quick before we stop today um, because there's a lot going on in New Mexico when it comes to the bubble. This is actually our last topic for the day. Um, have you really been seeing any changes in Carlsbad when it comes to like retails closing down and everything? Um, I've seen a lot of retails not necessarily closing down, but scaling back business, you know? Yeah. Um, e- even certain companies that used to be a consistent customer and all that stuff. Now they're starting to have their, their more spaced out before they return and, and get product, you know? And, a lot of it is, is not necessarily based that they're going and, and getting other flour, which there's nothing wrong with that either, but uh, it, it just turns around. And, and when we look into what's causing this, because we have access to look up, you know, trends and in certain areas and all that stuff, um, it just goes to, you know, businesses is falling off in certain areas, man. And I don't know if it's necessarily business models and stuff like that, but it's just, yeah, I, I do. We do see a, a decline uh, in business. Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing the same thing here in Crucis. Um, if you guys don't know, I've been talking about the bubble, and I update it every now and then, and this just happens to be one of the episodes. We are over a 1,000 retail locations here in the whole state. Um, last month, we were at 988, and so it seems that we're kind of slowing down um, how many retail, lo- retail locations we're putting up now. So we could start seeing things either try to start to level out and then dip, because there's no way we're going to end up with a thousand retail locations at the end of the day. It's just not going to happen with two million people. Um, <clears throat> what is your thoughts on that? With like a thousand retail locations and everything. I mean, it's. I mean, initially you think a thousand locations doesn't sound like a lot, you know. What I mean, especially when you think of big markets like Albuquerque and and even maybe those those more, uh, ski towns more up to northern New Mexico, but um, it doesn't sound like a lot. But when you start getting into the community and trying to go and and do sales you know i do we do a little bit of sales too and stuff um it's you start seeing it like damn it's dispensary like every other corner and it's it's starting to become that that oversaturation almost in every place that you go to and um i i, I mean it was a point in colorado where there was more dispensaries than there was uh, mcdonald's and gas stations on every corner so yeah. uh, i'm not sure if that's what we're trending to but uh 
yeah, there's there's dispensaries popping up every single day. You know, even as one falls off, it seems like two more pop up. So um, I'm I'm not sure, man. It's 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 kind of a, a weird time right now. Uh, summer's coming, so um, hopefully we'll see. You know, I'm not not sure how big uh, New Mexico is as far as like tourism and people coming to to New Mexico and stuff. But uh, I mean, I, I would hope to see, you know, um, the industry and the market thrive a little bit during during this time. Oh, me too. You know, and I wish everybody could win, you know, and all these yeah. th like a thousand retail locations could win, but that's just not the way things go. Um, there's a way things are and yeah, a way things sure, should be. Um, and this is business at the end of the day. So, I mean, next month we'll see where the industry is going when we get new numbers. You know, is it going up or is it yeah. going down? I kind of feel that we might start seeing it go down. We may add a few more, um, but I already know a few that are shutting down. Uh, especially here in Las Cruces. I know a few of them have already shut down. And in Albuquerque, some are already up for sale and already under new yeah. um, ownership. So that's another thing that's happening too is these MSOs are also buying these mom and pop shops and some are buying the dirty 30 people. You know, some of those people are, you know, are opting out and saying that, yeah, we're we're going to sell out now. This guy offered me $20 million or whatever amount <laughs> yeah. they You know, <laughs> so yeah. can't really blame them, you know. Can't really say I blame them, but at the yeah. same time, that is what's happening. And um, I was just kind of curious if that was happening on your your side of the state, too, because a lot's changing. And um, I feel New Mexico's, you know, on the brink of a huge industry change. You know, what do you think? Yeah, man, I, 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 I do, too. I feel like um, hopefully it's not going to take, you know, we're not going to take a hit here how, how other markets did and stuff. Uh, hopefully we learn from that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I do see – a turning point and and honestly i want to say for the good because i feel like the state eventually is going to step in and kind of start to limit you know shitty business practices and stuff like that and those kinds of business models and business plans are going to start phasing themselves out which yeah. i feel like is going to leave the door open for the rest of us to kind of you know get back into you know being that that industry and that community that we're striving to be in i, I feel like we're us in new mexico we really are trying to set a standard for the country as far as don't follow what these other markets are doing, you know, like we have the, 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 the right plan, but uh, hopefully, you know, we can kind of hone in, hone in on that and, and uh, get dialed in on that man and, and kind of make it what we want it to be. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, Cause I feel New Mexico has done a lot of great things that no other state has even thought of, or, you know, sure, even doing. you know, even the consumption lounge thing, you know, that's huge. Dude, um, huge dude. Yeah. Other, other markets, still are talking about doing that and it's like you, you know new, new mexico has led the way when when it comes to a lot of that stuff you know a yeah. lot of people don't know this but new mexico is one of the the first medical programs in the country so yeah. it, it it is and and you know it's 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 we're always trying to lead the way and it just seems like we don't ever get the the respect or the reputation that new mexico should have but uh mm -hmm. i think we're trending in that direction and we're not going to settle for less than that no, we're not. And, you know, uh, people from other states and other markets are noticing us. Um, I'm in contact yep. with people from, you know, all over the nation. And, yeah, they, they tell me, like, I'm watching you guys. I'm watching what you're doing over there. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about getting there. You know, so it, it's one of those things. So I think we're on the right track. I just think this is going to be a part of our growing pains. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The place is shutting down. The bubble bursts. We're going to go to a stabilized market. Price per pound is even close to what it was last year. Um, 
what are your guys' price per pound, if you don't mind me asking? Um, right now, we're, we're one of the lower, I think, uh, price points as far as indoor. Uh, we like to, you know, think that we're quality, you know, if anybody else thinks otherwise, I'd like to, I'd like to hear that. But, you know, uh, um, <laughs> for the most part, uh, we're right around the, the lower end, it's, you know, 1900 a pound, 2000 a pound. Um, yeah, we have a lot of people that we've done done a long-term business with that, you know, that are special to us that kind of, uh, you know, we, we, we do business different ways with. But, uh, yeah, man, for the most part, that's 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 where we're at. I know I still see a lot of the the big guys still in the, you know, 23 to 25, you know, range um, as far as price per pound. So I, I think we're in a, in a good in a good place. And. I think our price point kind of help us keep keep busy. You know, we don't have a lot of we don't have any flour like sitting on the shelf. Like even if they called right now and said we wanted this much weight or whatever, like even one pound, like I wouldn't be we wouldn't be able to get it to you. We're we're kind of sold out on pre orders just based off the the type of business we've done. Honestly, you know, not not to like I don't want to toot my own horn or or nothing like that. You know, but it's just it's we've developed these relationships that we knew in the long term we're gonna pay off and. And they have, you know, we've, we've developed solid, good business relationships that really we don't want, we, we can't take on any new customers right now as much as we'd like to. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's understandable. You know, you guys are busy, though. That's good. You know, it's, it's a good thing to be that busy and everything. And I'm glad yeah. you guys are doing good. There's just some businesses out there that didn't make the correct decisions to survive the bubble. And then you have the MSOs sure. that they're going to survive the bubble regardless because they have so much damn money. You know, it doesn't really matter the decision that they make they're going to survive it and then be here afterwards probably for a little bit or you know indefinitely um, yeah, they, they have that financial you know the finances to absorb something like that and uh, yeah. all these all these small small mom and pops that really came in thinking that it's a get rich quick kind of thing and came in with the wrong business plan are the ones that really i feel like are struggling right now yeah. um this is this is a long game you know new this is we're here for the long term and we don't want it to be something where it's a, a season or two and and that's it you know it's a we're here to build build a, a reputable brand out of new mexico that's known around the country and and there's a lot of a lot of good brands and a lot of good stuff coming out of new mexico man i've been very impressed by even other flower producers and 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 concentrate and edible makers and all those guys that, you know everybody's everybody i feel like everybody's kind of sleeping on new mexico right now man i do too and um you know, we're coming up and we're coming up in a good way because when we were medical, yeah. we weren't the best. Don't get me wrong. But now that yeah. it's opened up, we've added more competition. I feel that the people that have been really honing in their craft have had a chance to shine. <clears throat> and yeah. we're seeing that. And I am proud of the, what we've done in the state so far. So yeah, I just can't wait to see what we're doing in the future. You know what I mean? Yep. I just hope, you know, people keep showing up and, and the community keeps showing up. Um, I've been busy as hell lately, so I haven't had a chance to go down there to Las Cruces and show up at those meetings. But, you know, when we were both at the other, at the other spot, I, we were actively, I was actively at every, you know, town hall and every, every city council meeting and speaking at those events. And I, I look forward to getting back into that. And, um, yeah, man, I, I hope people keep showing up. I mean, just, just high times announcing that they're going to do an actual physical event means that our voices were heard you know what i mean people keep showing up for us and, and speaking and, and we're being heard so yeah and we tend to do that in new mexico i don't know why but you know we just tend to speak up and you know yeah. we don't like to take, take no bullshit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 
But yeah, a couple more things about the bubble. Um, businesses are getting rid of half to two thirds of the staff. Um, some are getting so desperate, they're fighting against changes to the law. So no businesses will move next door to them and stuff like that. Um, I get it, but at the same time, you know, you just gotta be the better business. Um, and every location I go to, there's really no lines. It's not like, you know, when it first opened. So I, there's yeah. a big change coming. Croptober this year could drive the prices down even further, um, especially for the outdoor stuff. And we know that kind of goes cheap to start. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, and this is just going to be a rocky time in our cannabis history here in New Mexico. And this isn't going to be the last thing. Um, this is going to be our first great closure. The next one is going to happen when Texas legalizes. And if you want to know what that's going to look like, look at Colorado right now. Um, their market is struggling because Arizona, New Mexico, um, and Montana legalized. So what that did is it took all those customers and it also took the Texas customers too. So now Colorado is stuck with just Colorado and a few places surrounding them that probably go there now. Um, so we're going to see that once Texas legalizes, because right now around us, most states are legal, um, especially almost the whole Western states. I think there's like two or three that don't have like legal cannabis. Um, yeah. So once Texas goes, it's a game over for us and we're going to see even more closures. But I don't know when that's going to be. Could it be three years? Could it be five years? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Final take. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. Texas is, is iffy, you know. You, you would say that because of the type of state that it is that it's not going to, but at the end of the day, they're a bottom. They're a bottom line kind of state, man. So, money talks out there, and and hopefully it's for our market. Hopefully it's not soon, but at the same time, I do hope it's soon because that means we're even closer to federal legalization. And at yeah. the end of the day, no matter what industry or what market we're in, I think we all want that. You know, for the people yeah. that are that are still behind bars, paying the price for for what mm -hmm. we're doing in here. You know, uh, living yeah. living living good, man. Like you know, really really. Really living living a dream, like working a dream job. It never feels like work, man. It's the only way we can do this. And uh, I, I hope, hopefully, you know, it's, it's sooner than later. Because at the end of the day, we I think we all want that federal legalization. Hundred percent. You know, we really want everybody in America to benefit from cannabis, not just us. Yeah, man. And yeah, I can be stingy all day and say, yeah, Texas, don't legalize it because I get all yeah. the money from you. <laughs> yeah. But at sure, the end man. of the day. At the end of the day, I think they, you know, deserve access to, you know, that they yeah. should be allowed to consume cannabis just as freely as we do here in New Mexico. And I see those assholes driving around town all the time smoking weed. So, I mean, they're already yeah, doing man, it here. Come <laughs> on, man. Especially we're in an oil field place close to Texas, you know, and I, I we see it here all the time. So it's like, yeah. come on, guys. It, yeah. it, as bad as we don't want it in New Mexico because it's going to, you know, going to be that, that, that second closure you're talking about. Um you know, we all, we want everybody to be able to kind of participate. And then, I mean, the, the medical patients out there that can benefit from this are really the ones ultimately that, that we really want to be able to have access to this, you know? Yeah, because they're the ones here first, you know, the patients. Yeah, you know, really paved right. the way. For sure, yeah, man. With this whole industry. So, David, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Thank it you, bro. It was great. Uh, we talked about some great growing stuff. And... I can't wait to have you on here again and to see what else you guys put out in the future. I forgot I was on a podcast, man. <laughs> Chopping it up with the homie. Yeah, that's that's how I try to keep it, man. Real light yeah, and 
you know, we're homies in real life too. You know, that's, that's another cool thing you know, with other growers and knowing each other. But um, is there anything you want to say before we uh, hop off on this? Just, you know, look, look out for us, you know, PMC. Um, if you don't see us in, uh, in your local dispensary, ask for us. Um, find us on social media, man. That's about it. Um, shout out to the boy Chad for having me on. We appreciate you, bro. Love you, dog. Love you too, man. All right. Well, let's get out of here and I'll see you guys next week. And uh, thank you again for joining me, David. And uh, I'll see y'all next time. All right, big dog. Later.